Hi everyone, welcome to a very special episode of Rights for Women. Last week I had the pleasure of recording this episode with Danny V, Claudine Tanellis, Al Tate and Ashley Collegian Blunt. Those of you who love to listen to writing and reading podcasts might recognise some of those names. We were getting together to celebrate the 400th episode of the Words and Nerds podcast produced hosted by Danny V. It was really such a pleasure to be able to celebrate uh, this occasion with Danny. She's a prolific podcaster, a fabulous author, reader and promoter of Australian writing. So we all got together under Danny's guidance and decided to create a podcast about podcasting. And Danny chose to release this episode on the anniversary week of her very, very special podcast, Words and Nerds. She also very kindly offered for us to release the episode on our own feeds. And I thought this would be a great opportunity for you to hear from myself and the other podcasters on why we do what we do, how we do what we do, and basically just what it's like to actually produce a writing and books podcast. I'm going to let Danny introduce everybody and lead the discussion on the 400th anniversary edition of the Words and Nerds podcast brought to you via the Rights for Women feed. Hope you enjoy it. You're listening to the 400th Words and Nerds episode. Whether you're a new listener or have been here from the start, thank you for making the time to listen to these conversations about literature and life. Helping me celebrate today are Women Who Podcast, a group of inspiring women contributing to the literary community with their own unique spin on interviewing and the world. Ashley Collagen Blunt, co-host of James and Ashley's Stay at Home, Alison Tate, co-host of So You Want to Be a Writer and Your Kids Next Read, Pamela Cook, host of Rights for Women, Claudine Tanellis, host of Talking Aussie Books, and me, Danny V from Words and Nerds. I hope you enjoy the 400th episode. Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. On this podcast, we chat about books, the writing process, and how literature has the power to change the world. I'm your host, Danny V. Now, the five of us came together at the Sutherland Shire Writers Festival. We had so much fun, we thought we had to have a sequel. And what better way to celebrate Words and Nerds' 400th birthday? So I bring you again, Ashley. Hello, Ashley. She's chewing. Hello. I'm eating my cheese. I'm so glad I started with you. I'm a professional podcaster. I'm just full of cheese. Now you are the host of the James and Ashley Stay at Home. <laughs> She's still chewing. Well, tell us what you're eating and what snack you bought. I got cheese because you said cheese in the email and I was like, I haven't had cheese in ages. And so this is like, I'm very excited. I can't not eat the cheese. I apologize. No, there'll be lots of chewing during this because we're, we're actually in our pajamas and we bought our favorite food. So Ashley has a uh, Mai Tai. Well, my time it had an umbrella in it, but then I always poke myself in the eye, so it no longer has an umbrella in it. We should really release this video. We should not release this video. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> and, no. of course, we've got Al, who we just heard there from So You Want to Be a Writer and Your Kids Next Read with a beautiful crown on. How are you, I Al? Am. I'm wearing my, I've got my best party crown on oh, to celebrate so your anniversary. I felt like it, we needed to bring some sparkle to the oh. occasion. And here I am. Never I mean, if you sparkle. can't, well, if you can't work your sparkle back with your flannel pajamas, like, are you even alive? No, you're not. No, no you're, you're not. not. No, absolutely oh, great. not. And Ashley's got this beautiful, uh, what is it, floral crown on? Mm-hmm. Yes. Gorgeous. Yes, I, I feel so. Look, I don't look as gorgeous when I go to bed, and look at you. Like seriously, feeling very inferior here. Actually, <laughs> you're looking very sultry in your silky flowered pajamas. Mm. <laughs> I love a good dressing gown. <laughs> Can't beat it. <laughs> and we also welcome Pamela from Rights for Women. How are you? Glad to have you back. Hi, Danny. Good to be here. I've got my Udi on. I'm feeling a little overdressed, I have to say, looking at you, you girls in your, your sultry little uh, slinky numbers there. Sorry, Al. Yours what? isn't quite so slinky. I'm going to say, you know. babe, I'm, I'm here with you in the flannel pyjamas. <laughs> I think we're quite safe, quite safe. What snacks did you bring, Pamela? 
No snacks. I've just devoured a hamburger for dinner. Nice. Very healthy. And I'm polishing it off with a nice rosé. Oh, it's lovely colour there too. Mm. And, of course, we've got Claudine from Talking Aussie Books and you've got your beautiful little eye mask on your head, not your eyes. Yes. It's pretty <laughs> oh, on you've got the plaits too. We oh, yes, plaits. I've got the plaits. Yes, I thought I'd be a Danny V today and just have some plaits on. And I thank you so much for having me. I'm so delighted to be here celebrating your 400th episode episode that is sensational absolutely amazing i am in awe of your achievements <laughs> well thank you yeah me too largely it's because i'm a massive insomniac but thank you i'll take the compliment <laughs> it's just because i can't sleep and instead of just being stressed about not being able to sleep i just do something else so yeah. i thought i didn't really want to be host today so i thought we'd just ask each other questions right and who knows where it will go hopefully you know where it was going before we started recording which maybe not that direction <laughs> hopefully more sensible than that direction i will keep us sensible all right i'll do my best <laughs> i'll have i'll put my policeman voice on shall i right. your beautiful podcast voice which i love so much <laughs> so we've got a couple of topics but i don't care if we go off topic we'll just do whatever but the first one was podcasting so actually do you want to start I do want to start. Thank you, Danny, uh, and thank you for letting us all share the hosting role tonight on this very, very fun 400th episode. Alison, I have a question for you. It's a two-part question. So when did you first hear the term podcast? Do you remember? What did you think of it when you heard it? But then what was the first podcast that you actually started listening to? Oh, wow. Those are very good questions. Oh, great. Okay, so I think I first heard the term podcast because my co-host Valerie Koo contacted myself and Kerry Sackville one day and said to us, we should start a podcast. And we both went, what's a podcast? Oh, wow. <laughs> this, this was, no, this was a long time ago. This yeah, was, was a while back. seven, eight years, not longer like mm. years ago and she wanted to do a podcast about kind of social media and just she wanted to do a podcast where we just sort of talked about stuff and we sort of started doing that and it was quite fun because Kerry and I never agreed on anything and she told me that that she did it on purpose because that was what made you know good and if you've ever written any read any of Kerry's opinion pieces in the papers you'll know that she's very very good at picking the complete opposite of whatever is going <laughs> on and and going down that road so we had some hilarious times but it kind of was wasn't really working and she was trying to do too many things at once and so we decided that we would not do that anymore and then Val goes well we should just do one about writing and I went okay so that's how I heard the term but it was a long time ago and at the time podcasts were not particularly nowhere near like they are now and the first podcast I ever really probably listened to was actually Serial. I'm a true crime, yeah, mm. I'm a true crime podcast fan. Oh, we've and got good notes. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, like, I, I wasn't really listening, like I was doing a podcast and not really listening to writing podcasts or anything like that because I didn't want to be at that stage, I was trying to find my vibe and I didn't want to be overly influenced by what else I was hearing. And then I heard about Serial and I thought I'll give it a go and I was obsessed, like just hooked and just binging it and that's when I really understood what a podcast could be amazing oh, yeah no very good the first podcast I listened to mm. was Serial as well I, I think it was the first one for a lot of people because I think it was the first one that really broke out mm. in, into conversation outside of kind of podcast people it was like so many people were talking about it you know and I thought I need to listen to this and I, I found it fascinating the way that they went like they took this thing that had happened, but it became a narrative. And that's what really got me in with it was the the way they'd structured it and it was very clever. Like I, I was just in awe of how incredibly clever the whole thing was, to be honest. And yeah, so that that was that was me going down the road of the of the true crime podcast. But yeah. But you know, I like I think starting your own podcast is a whole nother world and brings with it its own big set of challenges. And I'm gonna ask Pamela. Hello, Pamela. What was the greatest challenge that you came across when you were starting your podcast well it's there's two two answers to that question really because when I first started on podcasting I was co-hosting with Kel mm. Butler and it came out of basically com political type conversations that Kel and I had around feminism and women and we were both writing and it just sort of morphed into this thing and Kel said hey, do you want to start a podcast? And I said, I've never listened to a podcast, but yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> um, so that 
in the initial stages, Kel just said, I'm going to do all the editing. I'm going to do all the production. You just do the talking, the reading. And I'm like, yeah, I'm up for that. That's easy. So that was all fine. And I didn't really find it that much of a challenge. It was just sitting down and talking to other writers about writing. It was Mm. great. But this year I went solo on the podcast, which meant I had to take over all those other things that Kel was doing. And that has been an absolutely huge challenge. So learning the editing was absolutely the biggest learning curve. And I'm still learning a lot about that, even though I do manage to get out a weekly episode somehow each week. Sometimes I really wonder how, but you know, and just the uploading it to like all those jobs that Kel was doing basically that I've now taken on as well. So being the producer, as well as the the, Mm. um, host and researcher and everything, you know, it's a bit like independent publishing where you suddenly become, you know, the publisher that not as well as the writer and the, the marketer and everything. So that's been a massive challenge for me this year. But I have to say, I've loved learn. I love learning, I guess. So even though I am a technophobe and <laughs> technology just does my head in a lot of the time, it <laughs> it has actually been a good a good learning curve. So yeah, yeah. So I don't know. You know, I think the initial idea for my podcast has changed a lot. Like not a lot. It's sort of morphed from being that feminist type angle which Kel and I had even though it was still about writing um, more into actual writing and talking to writers about their craft and everything so my initial vision I guess for the podcast with Kel has changed slightly but Claudine how about you like has your initial vision for the podcast like what was that and is that still where you are now or has it changed into something different? Um, That's a great question. I mean, largely it is the same as when I started out. I wanted to talk to more Australian writers about their experiences and to spotlight Australian fiction writing. And essentially I'm still doing that. But I have to say that given I would say a fair chunk of my audience are fellow writers, that, you know, I have incorporated a lot of, you know, well, towards the end of each podcast, I ask each author if they can offer some writing tips, particularly for people in my position who are still, you know, working on that manuscript, trying to get manuscripts polished up and and submitted to publishers. So, and that's something I've really wanted to learn as I've gone along. So, yes, it has been, it certainly started out as spotlighting Australian authors and learning a bit about the process from them but more and more it has become uh, you know a bit of a a go-to for people who are in my position who are looking um at or looking down the barrel of getting published and you know so a lot of people do listen for that reason so there isn't there hasn't been a great deal of change in what the podcast started out being to what it is today I never imagined that I would be doing as many as I'm doing at the moment I have to say it kind of becomes its own beast mm-hmm. and you know once you do have a platform and we are lucky that we do it almost becomes I almost feel a sense of responsibility to a lot of the authors who have difficulty getting heard and sort of separating themselves out from the enormous amount of new releases that seem to be coming out, you know, every month. And and so when I am approached, I feel a sense of responsibility to give, you know, particularly the debut authors a chance to speak about their books and and to offer them my platform, I guess. And, you know, it, it works both ways, I suppose. So, yeah, I never imagined that I was going to be as busy as I am. And it is a real struggle, I think, for me as an aspiring author to try and balance what I love doing and I love podcasting. I love reading um, other books and I love talking to the authors that I do love talking to. But, you know, sometimes it becomes a little bit high pressure in the sense that there's the, there is this expectation that you're going to be like churning through the books and, and being mm. able to read and then pushing the podcasts out. Now, it's one thing to do the reading and to actually do the, the interviewing, but then it's, as you said, Pamela, it's the editing and putting them up on the platform and I'm a one-man band, so, you know, it comes down to me and I do feel that overwhelming sense of responsibility not only to interview those people but to make sure the podcast gets out within a reasonable time frame. And I can't say that I'm always successful in that because I am trying to balance my own writing with that. So, yeah, it's a work in progress, I have to say. But I what think- about you, Danny? What's your greatest current podcast challenge? It's probably got a lot to do with my personality. It's called saying no. I think I was going to say. I feel like some boundaries. Boundaries are always a challenge, aren't they? So, yeah. I think in twenty twenty, I sort of came to the party and went. You know, everyone's book 
events being cancelled and we were at home anyway. And I said, okay, let's, so I went from one to two, if I was stretching it, interviews a week to like four. So I, I just oh. podcast on Tuesdays and Thursday nights. I could record those two nights unless, you know, someone can't do those nights, but they usually can. And so I thought just 2020, I'll just do that. I'll go hard, you know, help out, book community, do my part. And then I forgot to stop. Mm. <laughs> and you were at events too. You were doing amazing events at the start of this year as well, like on top of that. Yeah, but I just feel like it's my personality. I'm I'm all in or I'm all out. And if I'm mm. all out, like I have no motivation to do it and I'm, I'm lazy and I'm a procrastinator. So I don't know if I need to fix this part of my personality, but it's either I'm all in or I'm all out. It's the mm. same as my personality. I'm like either a 10 and I'm ready to take on the world or I'm in bed crying. I'm a zero. I'm never a five at anything. It's not graded, Jenny. <laughs> and you know, I only recently discovered this. It's funny. You live with yourself for a long time, right? And it was only when I was watching my daughter and she's like a fierce, lovely, gorgeous seven-year-old who takes on the world. But occasionally, you know, one times out of 10, she is crying and she's anxious. And I said to one of my mum, I said, oh, my goodness, like what? She's either zero or a 10. And my mum just looked at me and went, <laughs> and I went, oh, oh, that's me. So that was a bit of self-realisation. So, yeah, so my thing is saying, is saying no, but I find it really hard because I love doing this. I love speaking to new people. I love speaking to repeat guests. I love supporting, you know, the book community because they're just the most amazing community and, when I see a great book or someone who's I've spoken to before who's got another book out, I can't help myself. So I don't I, know. Um, I think, know. yeah, I, I think it's something I, we, because we just do one a week mm. and we've only ever done one a week, we got to a point, we were doing repeats a bit when we mm. first started, but we just got to a point where we were like, no, we yeah. don't do repeats anymore because there's always new people with yep, new books else. and all yeah. of that sort of stuff. And also I just got to the point with it as well because I was doing, because, you know, you hear the one interview or the one podcast episode a week, but then, you know, you don't hear the other, you know, four hours that goes into mm -hmm. organising all the stuff, planning yeah. all the, the next one, organising, you know, recording the interview, doing the stuff. And I was trying to write, edit, promote my own work, yeah. doing all these other things with the family. And I just was like, I, I, I can't, you know, I just can't do yeah this you know mm. you, you've really I really got to the stage where I had to be like I've got to put some I've got to yeah. put some shutters up you know yeah. and mm. so that's what I do and your kids next read we specifically chose not to do author interviews we don't do them at all on that on that podcast we talk about books we talk about the new releases we talk about other things but we don't do the interviews because we don't have the extra three or four hours yeah. a week mm. required to do that and I also just wanted that to be different I wanted mm. that to be a conversation between uh, Megan and I and I wanted it to be an extrapolation and an extension of the conversations that go on within the Your Kids Next Read Facebook group so I think there's also got to be that you know create particularly if you're doing two there needs to be a point yeah. of difference for you. Otherwise, I just feel like I'm repeating myself. You're doing the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I've had a couple sure. of people that don't do repeats anymore. And, you know, you've got to do whatever works for you. And mm. that's that's great that we all have the freedom mm. to do that. You know, I think yeah, we were talking yeah. earlier that we don't really have to answer to anyone, which is beautiful because every yeah. other part of your life you're answering to everyone, right? So this is the one yeah. thing. It's like, no, I'll do whatever I want. Yeah. And so with me, I'm kind of addicted to repeat guests because I feel like we've already had this amazing conversation. And I'm like, hey, how's it going? And then we just go straight. It's almost like you've just continued the last conversation you've had, even yeah. if it's been a year gap. Yeah. So I get really excited when I speak to repeat guests because I feel like we're best friends, even though we've met only once. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Old friend with the podcast. <laughs> Be best friend. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, let's, let's talk for an hour about stuff. So, yeah, it's cool that we can do our own thing. But, yeah, look, I don't know if I'm going to solve this problem. I feel like I'm just going to go hard and do what I love and keep doing it and until one day people stop listening and then they'll be like, okay, well, I guess I'll slow down now. <laughs> Isn't that the key, though, Danny? The key is that you're still enjoying it. And I think yeah. when you're not enjoying yeah. it, then exactly. it, it, it's time to look mm. at what you're doing. And yeah. I've... I have had this same discussion with my husband. I'm so busy with the podcasting and, and the reading and the researching and, and and I said, but and he he often says to me, Well, you need to slow down. You need to, as Al Alison says, you need to say no. And I'm like, but I love it. I actually really love doing what I'm what I'm doing. And I also love the fact that, you know, and I think 
many of you will agree that it creates a wonderful network of people yeah, around. Definitely. Yes. I yep. would never mm. have met half the people that mm. I have met. I probably would never have met you, Ashley. I would probably would never have mm. met you, Danny, nor Alison. Yeah. I, I have met Pam before because I did <laughs> one of her right. courses before. But, <laughs> but having said that, you know, there are people that I now communicate regularly with yeah. that I've only met through the podcast. And yeah. I find that truly amazing. It's and special, I love right? it. Yeah, yeah, it is really special. Yeah. It is special to me. Yeah. Um, and I do I do take quite a bit of time to foster those relationships. And so yeah, it isn't it isn't always about it's not certainly not about the money. <laughs> and it isn't always exactly. And it isn't always about the fact that you're, you know, you're so busy. It's just the fact that, you know, you don't want to let people down and it's a wonderful, wonderful community that we have, particularly here in Australia. Yeah, mm, I agree. Definitely. And I think, yep. you know, all of us bring sort of our own joy and enthusiasm and cheerleading to what we do. And there's not enough of that in the world, you know, like you can mm. doom scroll all day and hear yep. all the horrible news. Yeah. But I think, you know, we all aim to bring a bit of joy in what we do through what we do. And I think that's where you find joy in it too. So yeah, when, when you stop loving it, you've got to stop doing it. When people stop yeah. listening, maybe that's also yeah. time you stop doing it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm happy if my just my mum listens. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. And, and speaking about that, I often hear of authors and podcasters, you know, their families are the last people to kind of engage with their content. And so, Ashley, I want to ask you, what do your friends think of your podcasting and your writing and do they listen to your podcast and do they read it? Because I hear that family members are the worst people for this. Uh. <laughs> I think it makes sense to me because none of my family writes. Like none of like, you know, and then my family are, I mean, my family, like my, my family are very creative. Like my mom's a gardener and a baker and my dad's like, you know, does home renovations. They're very creative people, but they don't think of themselves in those terms. They wouldn't call mm. themselves mm. creatives. So mm. they, they, my parents are wildly proud of me and so, so wonderful. And they, they read, they read my writing, but they, they don't listen to, oh, no, 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 that's not true. My mom listens to my podcast. She does. Um, but I don't think they relate to my podcast in any way because they're they're, they're not right. And some my, all my extended family, like you know, they're they're very very different people for me. I'm 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 an outlier in my family. And among my friends, I think the thing is, my friends are all writers now. My friends mm-hmm. are all writers, so they do listen to the podcast. And I think, but what like what I really want to say about friends is like listening to other people's podcasts, particularly where there's co-hosts who are friends. So like there's, you know, women in crime. I don't know if you listen to that one, Alison, but it's like a, one of my favorite podcasts. And it's these two friends from the US and, you know, they're both criminology professors and they're amazing. But they're, you know, friends sort of, <laughs> oh, women in crime, it's so good. And because they're criminologists, like it's so, it's really smart. Yeah. Podcasting. But their friendship is sort of like woven into the podcast. And I'm always like, oh, they must be such good friends. Like, I wish I... I had friends or like I did things like that with and then my friend James was like we should do this podcast together and I was like oh my gosh do I have like a friend I can do a, I can do a thing with and it, it just I think that's the best part for me is like I do this thing with my friends it's like I tell you such a loser no it's great and I've I've made friends through the blood with my co-hosts and stuff which is the same yeah. thing and because I just got sick of my own voice and you know so I thought it'd be great if you could have some people and people have been doing takeovers and people jump on us podcasts and I've had, you know, Adrian come on heaps and like, you know, we're really good mates now. And that's really cool. You know, that you can yeah. have fun mm-hmm. and, you know, he's a great presenter. And so to have, you know, your mate who's also a great presenter, be able to, you know, jump in and do that. It just makes extra fun and a bit special. Yes. Yes. It makes, it makes all the difference. And it just, the thing is now the podcast has taken over our friendship. Like all we talk about is the, like yeah. we have to remind each other to be like, oh, yeah, like what else is going on in your life? Like are there other things in your life? Podcast? No? no just okay, the podcast. Good. Back in the no? podcast. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I love that a lot. <laughs> yeah, but it's cool. And I think, you know, just from talking about that, the podcast is more than a podcast. It's a community. It's joy. Yeah. It's your passion. And it's, you know, creating those connections and friendships. So it's more than just chatting, you know, about books. Mm-hmm. It's all of those other things that, particularly in lockdown, I think they kind of nourish us all. Like, imagine, I can't imagine not having these conversations while in lockdown. You know, every time I have this really great conversation with someone, I'm like, oh, thank you, because I felt like I was not here, trapped in my house for half an hour. And I think it's also what what it gives podcast listeners too, because people often say, 
that when they listen, particularly like with both of my podcasts are co-hosted. So when I'm talking to Megan, who I know very well, or I'm talking to Valerie, who I've known for a hundred years, um, we are just like, we always joke yeah. with both of them that we basically started the podcast so that we would have an opportunity to talk to each other once yeah. a week, because otherwise it's too hard. You can't fit it into your schedule, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people feel like they're in the conversation with you. And that's how I felt. I started listening last year properly. I started listening to Chat 10 Looks 3 in lockdown Mm -hmm. for that reason because Mm -hmm. I I couldn't do true crime at that point. I was just like everything was – there was a whole lot going on in my life. It was all too hard. So I started listening to them because I felt like I was having a social life. Yeah. It's about the connection. We miss it. You know, we miss connection. Mm -hmm. We miss conversations and that's that's how we've been getting them. Yeah. What's funny, you know, in lockdown, I'm finding I'm loving doing the podcast for that mm. reason because mm. it is that yes. connection every week. Mm. Um, you know, if you haven't got any other connection, another it's human. Great. Thank I you. Know, yay. <laughs> Even if you're on a screen, it's so good to see you. I, yeah. I try and make an effort because I feel like I can't just be producing. I've also got to be consuming. Like, mm. Otherwise, I feel mm. like I should need to be doing both of those things. But I think, you know, for all of us, the podcast numbers have said that people are listening in lockdown. And I get a lot of people saying they've done the housework to the podcast yeah. mm. or they go for walks with their dogs on the podcast, yeah. the gardening, I do that. Yeah. The gardening as well, yeah. cooking. Folding clothes. Yeah. Anything yeah. that's kind of, yeah, Boring. I listen what to that. Yeah. You can have a chronic illness and just spend half your week like under a blanket and then podcasts are a lifesaver. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I don't sleep as well. So when my household's asleep, you know, that's also yeah. something to do because it can be pretty lonely at midnight when everyone's sleeping and you're not. Yeah. <laughs> I find it very hard to sit still and listen, though. Okay. I don't do it. Mm, it's not something yeah. that I, even with audiobooks, it has to be something that I'm doing while I'm doing okay. something else, which yeah. I don't know why. Like, yeah. what just, is that? I think because we just have really active can't sit still brains yeah i just mm. i'm not very i can't just sort of mm. sit and listen to them otherwise i fall asleep so that's yeah. not very good i can't sit still ever <laughs> isn't that really, that's such a really satisfying element of podcasting as well that you're actually providing people with entertainment it's you know it, it is all the things that we talked about but you know i like you all I have people contact me to say you know I was listening to you you were keeping me company on my walk today or you were keeping me company while I was doing this dreary task so you've made what is a normally you know boring thing uh, palatable and bearable so and I find that really quite satisfying yeah Mm. yeah definitely rewarding yeah Mm. let's get into the nitty-gritty I think we have already but a little (laughs) bit more of nitty-gritty in the podcasting uh, well, we're talking about all the fun stuff, but there is actually a lot of work that goes in, as Alison was mentioning. So, Pamela, how do you prepare for each interview? Well, because, as I said, I took it over solo this year and I did find, you know, like Claudine was saying, that weekly thing of having to read a book, prepare an interview, do the, you know, recording, all that sort of stuff was just overwhelming and I just thought I, I just can't do it that way. So I thought as a writer, what do I want to hear about? And I divided it up into um, topics. So and now each month I do a craft of writing, heart of writing, what's the other one? Business of writing <laughs> and, and a new release episode. So probably for say on average about two out of those four, I have to read like a full book you know, in order to get, you know, my head around what I'm talking about. But for some of the other ones, like the business of writing, for instance, I might pick someone who's really great at Instagram or really great at some other aspect of writing. And it doesn't really require that, you know, full on preparation in terms of reading a whole book. So, but generally, you know, it's either reading the book and or doing some research online, definitely looking at the the author's website, seeing what they do on their social media, I tend not to listen to other podcasts that they're on. I don't know what it is about that. I, I, I just prefer to think I just want to ask them my questions my way without being influenced. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, a little bit like so. writers, you know, yeah. who don't like to read books in their, in that genre or whatever while they're writing a book. So, yeah, it's really just their website, socials, and maybe read an article or two that's been written about them or a book review or two and then just dive in. Yeah, I do that exactly the same. I, I don't want to be influenced and sort of feel like I might be stealing questions so yeah. I don't listen to it yeah. till after I've done the interview because I yeah, exactly. yeah, otherwise you feel like you're going to, oh, whoops, I stole all the questions. Yeah. <laughs> I also think you don't want them to be answering the same questions yeah, all the time. That's right. What your podcast is an 
individual style and I think you know the, the great thing about that is that people enjoy being challenged in different ways on different mm. podcast platforms and so yeah it would be terribly boring if they were doing you know answering yeah. the same questions I mean apart from the obvious what's your book about you know apart from that the obvious question I think people really enjoy being challenged with different questions so yeah I, I do exactly the same thing I certainly don't listen to others if I know they've been interviewed on another podcast platform just because I want to be original with the questions yeah. that I come up with. Okay, Claudine, let's talk about tips and tricks for interviewing then. When you mm. say you want to come up with original questions, you know, mm. and, you, and you want them to kind of, you know, be on your platform getting your questions, what are some of the tips and tricks that you use to kind of get the best out of your interviews? Yeah, I mean, it's much like what Pamela has already said. You know, obviously, you know, I read the book um, from cover to cover and I will research a little bit about the author. I tend to try and pluck out unusual questions for them, you know, come at come at things a little bit differently, you know, in terms of their themes or, you know, whether they consciously wanted to explore particular things and I, or even their, their inspiration stories. I find that uncovers a whole treasure trove of, you know, experiences that um, the author is quite willing to share with with their audience and sometimes you get some real gems of of you know inspiration stories from writers so I try to come up with different questions and I do and I just do that by making sure that I'm completely conversant about the actual like content of the book and what kind of experience that they have you know is are their experiences relevant to the story that they've written are they a lawyer are they a journalist are they a scientist so I try and you know just come up with different questions based on the totality of things that I've I've read I don't know about I try not to trick it's pretty straightforward though I have had a lot of people tell me that my questions are a little bit unusual and then they've never actually mm. thought about things so sometimes it does take them a few oh oh I haven't thought about that and so it is always interesting to me that that I seem to come up with unusual questions because they're not very unusual to me. <laughs> there's no real, there's no nothing else to say other than just, you know, research and know, know the book and know who you're inter interviewing. Obviously, that's probably par for the course. But, you know, a lot of authors will tell me that sometimes they're being interviewed by people, particularly on radio, not necessarily on podcasts, mm. but haven't read their book. And so it feels a little bit disingenuous or superficial so yeah I just try to give people a platform where they could really talk about their book say whatever it is that they want to say about their book I, um, I always tell authors like one of the things that I do as part of you know some of the I've got blog posts and various things about things but I always tell authors to go into an interview expecting that the interviewer will not have read their book because most of the time they won't have particularly with radio particularly with yeah. news with, with that sort of stuff because they don't have time. Like it's, yeah. you know, like having mm -hmm. been a journalist, Absolutely. you know, you just you don't have the time. So they will read the first five pages in the end, get the voice and hope that there's not some major twist in the middle <laughs> that they're totally <laughs> missing out on. But authors need to go in prepared to be like, you know, fill the gaps and yeah. bringing up mm -hmm. the things that they want to talk about about their book as well because it, that is something that I do and I know I'm going slightly off topic here, but that is something that I do um, always say is that, you know, the podcast host or the radio host or whatever has a job and you also have a job and your job is to meet them, you know, halfway mm -hmm. and bring to the interview the information that, that you want to get across because otherwise, you know, I mean, I've had interviews, I think we all have at, at given different times, You, they haven't read the book, they don't even know your name half the time <laughs> and you end up talking about stuff that has absolutely not one thing to do <laughs> with your book and the only way to make it kind of work for you on any level is to bring it back to your book, bring it back mm -hmm. to your book. Um, yeah, yeah. So the fact that you you know, read the whole book is, is a huge advantage and it is always going to meet, put, you know, set you up to ask questions that they don't get asked by other people because by other yeah. people they're getting asked, you know, so what's your book about? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a really good point, and it's something that I I have noted, and 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 I will tell uh, aspiring authors is that it is horses for courses. When you're on a three minute radio interview, you're not going to expect that's right the person to have read your book and be totally prepared and going to ask you in depth questions about your book. And so I totally agree. I do say to all my podcast guests that it is their interview. So you know, even if it's not a question 
I'm asking that if there's one they want to say something about their book, then this is their chance to say it is it is their time to shine. Can I come on your podcast? It oh, sounds yeah. really good. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it is really good. I don't, I, don't, I don't do that. I run the interview. I think, I think we should all now do. go on each other's podcast. That's oh, that would be a great idea. Great idea. Yeah. That is a great idea. But I mean, in all in all seriousness, I mean, I, I have a lot of questions to ask, but I'm really happy for the author to say, you know, to tell me any story that pertains to their inspiration in, in, in relation to their book, funny little stories, things that they had to get rid of that they really wanted in there or <laughs> things that they fought with their editor about. I love all those say, stories. Claudine, words and tangents because yeah, we're just yeah. like, hang on, right, we were here to talk about a book. All right, cool. Let's go back to that. Yeah. No, but, the, but the tangents and, and when I'm They're writing, cold. you know, when I'm writing how-to for interviewers on the other side yeah. of, the, of the fence, I, I'm always like if someone says something Don't that makes that. your ears prick up, you follow that yeah. as far yeah. as you can Absolutely. because that's where the good stuff is. I had an interview with um, he's a uh, debut author and he's also a GP and a, a cosmetic GP as well. So we started talking about Botox and counselling <laughs> and all this stuff. And I was like, hang on, wait, also your book. <laughs> your book. Didn't we write a book but one time? it was time? so interesting. Like, it was so interesting to I hear about that. all this stuff. So, uh, you know, if you want your Botox tips, that's coming out soon. No. <laughs> I, I need that. I need that. Well, okay. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what I found out, though. I grind oh. my teeth because I have, you know, some, uh, some anxiety going on, so I grind my teeth at, at night sleeping. Did you know that you can get Botox to stop that from happening? <gasps> no, mind did blown. not know that. I didn't yeah, know that. mind blown because I do that too. Me yeah. too. I'm lining yeah. up. So I said to him, <laughs> next time I'm in Victoria, will you fit me in? <laughs> so during it's my all about the connections. During oh, my interview, God, I, I made a Botox, inter- <laughs> Botox appointment so I could stop my teeth from grinding. <gasps> Perfect. Right. I, I think you should take us all with you. We'll have a weekend <laughs> retreat to Victoria <laughs> podcast to get our Botox. Five-person Botox retreat. <laughs> Guys, it's medical. It's for medical purposes. If I happen to look better as a result, that's not my fault. It's for medical purposes. Of course. <laughs> I'm going to stick to that. Sorry, Claudine. No, that's all right. That's all right. It's all good. So talking about, you know, having guests on podcasts and, you know, the the net, the network that we create around ourselves I wanted to ask Ashley what would you do or what do you do if you and your guest are not vibing oh that's such an interesting question first all our guests have been amazing and that like they've been great I think one of the things that happens so James and I both have chronic illness and I have chronic fatigue syndrome he has chronic inflammatory demyelinating polyneuropathy, which I had to learn on the podcast mm. uh, how, to, how to say it. And the major component of both of those things is, is fatigue, and that's both physical and mental. And so what, what does often happen is one of us is, uh, is fatigued and is having a harder time. So the, the not vibing is happening on our end because we're just not well enough to follow the conversation Mm. and be sufficiently engaged but that's the great thing about doing it together is and I mean we know each other so well that we can often pick up on that and pick up the slack and James is also just fantastic at just talking to people like he's he's just like a natural you know podcaster interviewer because he worked in palliative care for a number of years he's also a nurse like just on Mm. top of you know winning the penguin Mm. literary prize and (laughs) And and other things that he does. What a winner! Classic, Classic overachiever. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He's still in his twenties. This man, <laughs> James. We think you're a winner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is single, ladies. Got to be in regional New South Wales. <laughs> I don't know how you would feel about me saying that. Just slide into Ashley's DMs and she'll set you up on a date. <laughs> I'm a matchmaker for my podcast co-host tonight. <laughs> Um, he works works in uh, ED right now which has been interesting during COVID of course but prior to that he worked uh, in palliative care and he's just just great at having conversations with people and I guess you know being in that situation where you're around people who are who are dying I mean you you get used to having conversations and and talking about like you know things that matter and so he's he's great so I just feel like 
he's 10 years younger than me. And I still like, I just feel like I learned so much just from working with him. So, but we, we really have each other's backs in terms of, in terms of interviewing. And there's, there's one episode. So we do episodes where it's just James and I talking about sometimes writing issues, sometimes health issues. And we have an, we have an episode where we have outtakes where we've talked about when we've done interviews that have been particularly difficult for one of us. And I'm just talking afterwards about how we felt when there's just, you know, one where I was just like so tired that I was just like, I was just through the whole interview, I was just about to burst into tears because the fatigue was so bad. And, uh, and we just talk about what that's, what that's like for us and how we, how we cope with that. And I think that's one of the real strengths of the podcast is that we, we have that vulnerability. And so we make that open for our guests to be equally vulnerable, which has been really, really rewarding. Mm. I love that. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm just going to, you know, lift the tone a bit and ask uh, Alison, what's your biggest fail? <laughs> oh, beauty. Nothing I like better than just airing my great failures in public. Um, all, like I have to tell you that all of the failures that we have ever had have just all related to complete technical ridiculousness so I am the least tech person ever the fact that I do this stuff on a daily basis it just astonishes me and I only do it because I get dragged through it with Val and then you know I then you know do it myself for your kids next week but I I get help like I have to say I I have to get someone to help me with the, the the production stuff because I just I don't have time and I can't you know think about it too much but the failures so we have had uh situations where we've recorded an entire interview and our end has recorded and the other end has oh. not. Oh, yes, we no. have. And the only thing that you can do is contact the person and say, I am so sorry. You are not going to believe this happened. We need to do this again. <laughs> and it always seems to be, when I say always, it's only been once or twice <laughs> in the whole 8 million years, but it's the really good ones. It's the ones where mm. the interview is like so yeah. sweet and so good and there's so much good stuff. And then, you have to do it again and you just know it's not going to be the same. You're not going to get the same joy out of it. So the failures have always been that sort of stuff. I have a complete also, I always check uh, before I hit record about the pronunciation of things because I have had situations in the early days where I would read an intro pronouncing things as I thought they were pronounced and they were not pronounced like that. <laughs> Which is just like, and then you just get corrected. And I mean, what can you do? You laugh, right? But you also feel like a complete idiot. So, yeah, so I always like go through everything and make sure that I'm pronouncing things correctly before I start. But yeah, look, it's, you know, like it, the failures haven't been too hideous um, apart from. <laughs> from the lack of recording on the other end that was pretty bad but yeah no but like I you just you learn from everything and people the thing that always astonishes me is that what doesn't even not even astonish me anymore people are so good about stuff like you Mm. get so stressed about these things particularly if you're talking to someone who's you know higher up the food chain than you are or you know Mm -hmm. big star or whatever and you you know I I wrap myself up you know work myself up into a state about these things and then they're just the nicest person in the whole world and it's totally fine you know and even if you make a mess of it you go back and you do it again and it's not the end of the world and I think once you've done you know 400 odd episodes like we have as and and as you have Danny you know that it's all it's all doable. Like it's all, it's all fixable and it, it, it'll be all right. And you just have to basically, you know, dive on in and hope for the best. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Well, I think we've all had some fails like that, Al. I've definitely had, I've <laughs> definitely God, had a few. I'm just trying me. to think of no. who they were, but I, I know I've had at least two where it didn't record and I've had to do the, please, can we do this again? Oh, and like you say, they're always, um, so gracious about it and just say, mm-hmm. yeah, sure, fine. And I think th- I think it comes down to people just love talking about writing and talking about mm. their books, really, which is really good. But the tech side of it, as you say, is the scary part for me. But I know that Danny is, oh, I'm pretty sure that Danny's all over there. <laughs> but, Danny, what's been your sort of, how have you got to where you are now, to where we all aspire to be oh. with your technical wizardry? <laughs> I'm glad it looks like technical wizardry. <laughs> the people that know me would not think there's any wizardry involved. I love tech and I love tech toys and I love buying new things that come in the mail. So I think that's part of it. And then I have to figure out how to use it. But I'm lucky that I have a couple of people that I can really call on and say, help, how do I do this? And so I, I just sort of, 
because I love the toys so much that I figure out how to use them. So I just started with a, like a cheap Yeti and that was fine when I started. Just used the Mac and, you know, that was it. Got some cheap headphones from JB Hi-Fi. But then as I started to fall in love with all this whole process a bit, I bought my Rode microphone, which is, you know, I'm totally in love with it. And then I thought, well, now I need, because the ring lights, when you wear glasses, they're really terrible. Yeah. yeah. They reflect. And then I bought a cool camera. And I was like, and I'm just a bit addicted to like, what else could I buy? <laughs> so my latest purchase were these beautiful, I'm not sponsored by anyone. I just really love tech stuff. These beautiful <laughs> Shure <laughs> headphones. They are very pretty. Are they nice, yes. aren't they? And they're very really soft, velvety things on the ears. Yeah. So, look, I don't know if there's any tech left for me to buy, but if there is, I, I think, please um, tell me so I, I can think buy knowing- it. I think knowing you is going to be quite expensive for me because last time we talked, I went and bought myself a Rode microphone after that, which I haven't actually got around to plugging in as yet. And then tonight we're talking and I'm going to go get myself some headphones. Yes. And I, because I've just decided it's probably time that I step up my game. And, and Pamela wants to know what my light is. So. That's right. That's right. I'll be buying the new light. Well, I, I'm in my caravan and I've got the little LED spotlight at the back, in the back, but it's nothing like your big big oh, light just, there, Danny. What's I'm it? very it's impressed. a special name and it's going to annoy me now. Oh, it's a key light. That's what it is. It's a key, key light. light. Key but I'll light. send you a picture. Please send it's the details. It's pretty epic. I really like it. But I just, I'm just a bit addicted to tech. So. <laughs> We're talking about sponsorship earlier, Danny. You've got to ignite all your brands to contact them and be like, look. That's right. Because they're like, we don't have to sponsor you because you tell everyone that you love us without us giving you any money. So (laughs) I can tell you you don't have a business degree, Danny. (laughs) Hashtag influencer. (laughs) Worst influencer ever. (laughs) I would ask Claudine, you mentioned earlier about your writing. So can you tell us about the book you're writing? Tell us about your book. Okay, so I have just finished a contemporary domestic thriller manuscript, which is actually out on submission at the moment. Thank you. Thank you. It's the fourth unpublished manuscript that I've written. I think I'm a bit of a slow learner, actually. So, so yeah, obviously... It does take time, absolutely. And I hear all the advice and I understand what it is, but I think when you're on the other end of it, somehow it, it still hurts uh, when you get rejections. But, yeah, and I understand it's a process. So, anyway, that's the book that's out on submission at the moment. And essentially it's a mother-daughter story and it's a story that starts way back in 1989 when the, the, when the earthquake hit New, Newcastle. It's a mystery. It's a thriller. The elevator pitch is, I think, something like a gravely ill mother, a heartbroken daughter, and the 30-year secret that lies between them. So there oh, you go. nice. Ooh, See, there yeah. you go. Good that's work. What you want. That, that, that's what I'm working on, and I hope with all my heart that it gets picked up one day, but who knows? As do we. Thank yes. you. Thank you very much. I've got a question for Pamela. How many words did you write before your first novel was published, Pamela? Oh, Wow. Yeah, I don't know. I know I'd finished I'd finished one whole full manuscript, so that was 80,000, but that was lots of ins and outs. So it was definitely more than 80,000. I'd done short stories, poems. Yeah, just keep adding it on and then another yeah. 50, 70,000 with the first book that was published. So, yeah. Many, I reckon many, many thousands. I reckon I'd done half a million of fiction mm. and oh about 20 years worth of non-fiction so mm. millions of words mm. so three manuscripts is just part of the apprenticeship right yeah yeah and someone said i'll forget who said it you know you have to write a million words to be able to write good words mm. that's a lot of words it's a lot of words, <laughs> words. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they say that about everything don't they like ten thousand hours of whatever yeah. you're doing before you yeah. actually even start to think about cracking cracking yeah. it so yeah yeah so how many hours of podcasting do we have to do (laughs) (laughs) get it right another 400 episodes (laughs) i'll be looking forward to another 400 episodes (laughs) i've got one for ashley ashley i'm seeing your book everywhere still after it's been out for some time how to be australian it's just had so many fabulous reviews and comments and Congratulations. But I would like to know what you're working on now. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, okay. So How to Be Australian is a memoir that's about me moving from Canada to Australia and learning how to be Australian. And, and, and I've had lots of feedback from lovely people who have also moved here from all over the world and, have, you know, similar situation to me where they had to learn about, like, like, what does it mean to be Australian? 
uh, but actually I wrote it for Aussies and it like just warms my heart so much when Aussies read it and and it makes them laugh because there's a lot of jokes in it and 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 because I really wanted to just show them how I like how I saw Australia like my experience of being in Australia because I moved here thinking Australia was just hot Canada and it turns <laughs> out no it's, it's just it's, it's hot Canada with Huntsman that <laughs> bought you remember yes that that episode so Danny did an episode with me about how to be Australian so go back and listen to that episode, I have no idea what number it was, but it was, a, it, we talked about spiders and spider bites and the myth, the myth that huntsmen do not bite because they bite people. I've been oh. bitten. Ashley's been bitten. Oh my God. Can I interject with a very wow. quick, horrible huntsman story? Oh, please. Just before bed, that's perfect. Let's do this. It's super Australian. It's going to fit in exactly with what you're saying. My daughter, who lives down the coast in Milton, sent me a photo the other day. She's a Milo addict, right? Just ever since she was a kid. Oh God. Like no. half a jar of Milo, it's in the jar, know, isn't it? one centimetre of milk. She felt something in her mouth, <gasps> spat it out, a Milo-covered live huntsman. What? 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 That is horrific. I sincerely hope you got a screenshot there because well, everyone she, was just in horror. Yeah. <laughs> she happened to she spat it out. It happened to land on her little boy's Pokemon card. And like when I wow. first saw the picture, I'm like, wow, what is that? And it's just this slimy Milo covered huntsman. Pamela, can I just thank you for my nightmares tonight? <laughs> Sorry, I just my Milo. I had to throw that into the whole Australian thing. That was so. that was that was. I've collected a lot of spider stories, Pamela, and that was the best spider story. <laughs> so if you're thinking about coming to Australia post pandemic, <laughs> this is what you can no. expect. There's probably a children's book in that, Pamela. You should probably work yeah. on that. Uh, yeah. So, Ashley, what are you working on now? No, you know, no, no. That was what I was getting there. She's working oh, on her nightmares. Oh, my God. I'm actually, I'm writing a, and this is actually very exciting, I'm writing a psychological thriller, and I just, Ooh. this week, after two years, have finished the first cohesive draft that you could read to, from start to end as a book. Oh, it was, well it was done. Right. Thank you so much. I um, I like I rewrote the first forty thousand words about three times, like trying to like, figure out my way. And the thing is, like, I love crime, like love crime. I've always read thrillers and true crime, and I've just never quite been confident enough to try writing it. And I finally, I think it was the illness. The illness just like tanked my whole life, and so that kind of gave me the freedom to be like, well, why don't like I, you know, why don't I just try this thing that I've always wanted to try. Mm. So, yeah, I'm kind of in the same place as Claudine where I'm like, I don't know where this is, you know, like what's going to happen with this, but let's see, let's give it a go. Um, Man, if I can make this work, I would love to be a crime writer. I just, Mm. yeah, crime writers, they're just my people. Love this. Love it. Yeah. Now, Now, Al, I saw today on Instagram that you started a new project. Oh, I'm editing. I can show it to you right here. Here it is. What is this new project you speak of? It's a manual. Well, it's actually a book that I wrote 18 months ago, two years. Like I've always got things going, like there's always manuscripts. And this is the about, it's at about third draft stage. It's a a middle grade and I am going to, it's, I'm doing another edit on it to see if I can get it over the line with my publisher. Hopefully it will be my next book. Excellent. Yeah. I was very intrigued today when you had it covered over and you had chapter one and you had I new know. projects. Well, you know, it's one of those things too I because I haven't I looked at it for a long time, at least mm. a year, and I was a bit, I had a book hangover. Like you launch mm. a book, there's mm. a hangover about mm. four or five weeks later where you kind of everyone's a bit sore, a bit, mm, and I needed to start something new and I couldn't really think of, you know, what I was going to do and whatever. And then I remembered that I had this and I thought, mm, I'll have another, go- I'll read it, I'll have another look at it and see, you know, where it's up to and in in the joyous twist of fate it's just a lot better than I remembered it being so that's my next question my next question was how did you find it a year later like did you go back and say I'm a genius not exactly but (laughs) but I did go I there is there is one section in it that is obviously the section that was worrying me last time, mm-hmm. um, and now I can see what the problem with it is. Which is Isn't that great. good? Just giving it some air. Yeah, yeah, but there's a lot. There's a lot in it that I'm really loving, and I feel like it's yeah. I'm ho- I look put this way. Let's just all cross our fingers oh, and, and toes, and, you know, and get it over the line together. Toes and fingers crossed. Yeah, Cars PJ party over the line. That'd yes. be good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's time for a Danny question. <laughs> And We're very good at this, aren't we? You have a book coming out. 
I do. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So I did this uh, Publishing Insider, as you may or may or not know, a series with Adrian. It was his idea. And we interviewed all the publishing houses that, you know, we loved. And I said, oh, I need to interview Larrikin House. I just love the picture books that they're doing. So we interviewed, you know, James, the publisher, which was really cool. And then I decided, he emailed the next day and said, you know, great interview. It's been really popular, getting heaps of submissions, blah, blah, blah. And so I was a bit cheeky. And I said, well, I hope you don't have too many submissions because I want to submit something. <laughs> He's like, well, let's do this. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm so unprepared. Anyway, <laughs> as is true Danny style, I just went forth and did it. And I had this idea, I don't know how much I can say, but I had this idea about, you know, motherhood and identity and how important it is to try and find that identity of yours after you, you know, we're in that fog of children. So that's where I was coming at. And it's a bit quirky though. And yeah, so it happened really fast as it does with small publishing companies. And so I pitched, they gave me a week to submit something, submitted. And then that week I got a three book deal. <laughs> so, oh, Danny, that's amazing. Yeah, that's Congratulations. pretty cool. Thank you. The power so of podcasting. Yeah, wow. right. So that'll be 22. But can I just add my little crime fascination? Because Claudine and Ashley talked about crime. So I won't mention who, but I just missed out on the short list of a, an award recently. And so they rang me and said, you've just missed out. We're sorry. And I'm like, that's the best news ever. Like, I just missed out. <laughs> they thought it was bad news. And I was like, that's the best news ever. <laughs> this is how I approach life. I came eight. That's amazing. It is amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> I actually came fifth. But anyway, <laughs> I was excited. Oh, um, but they asked me to rewrite it and resubmit it. And that's a Fantastic. crime novel that I was writing. Yeah, for, for Nano, because I, I hadn't come out of my writing closet yet. But when I did Nano with Tristan Banks and Julianne Negri and Adrian Beck, Adrian's like, are you going to tell people you're writing? I'm like, well, we're doing Nano, so I probably should. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just sit here while you guys write. I don't know. And, yeah, so it's really cool that, like, you know, nothing may come of it, but I have this chance, I guess, to resubmit. They've given me heaps of feedback, so I will send it back. That's what I'm going to be working on. I took some leave next week, so I've got 11 days leave. So I'm just going to right. smash it out and Fantastic. put it out to the world and see oh, what happens. So well how cool would it be if the three of us had some crimey thing oh, come out together? Yeah. Well, I'm much more hopeful for both you and Ashley, but I think that is amazing, amazing news and well done you. Thank Congratulations. you. Congratulations. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Absolutely. That's fantastic. Very exciting. I can't wait to see all three of our crying novels appearing in Insta stacks together. <laughs> With yeah. a picture book. Like how weird is that picture book and crime? Like I love that for my brain though. Like my brain yeah, loves that. It's perfect. Just throw yeah. it across them over. Perfect. Yeah. I love the idea of writers and, and I know lots of writers who do this, but I love the idea of writers being able to write different genres and be successful at it because I hear a lot of people say that once they get a publishing deal that they're kind of locked into a particular genre and their publisher doesn't like them to go outside that genre but then you know more and more seeing lots of people that go outside their genre who do kids books or who do middle grade fiction Jack Heath Heath does it seamlessly you know he he writes about cannibals and then he writes these amazing kids books you know like Jack Heath Jackie French obviously is queen yeah but Jack yeah. Heath does it so seamlessly with crime, you know, yeah. like it can be done, definitely. Yeah, I love I love in his can crime be. books, though, if you've ever opened the front page, it says the disclaimer, this is not a kid's book. <laughs> <It's my favorite laughs> thing ever. Just in case you're wondering. Just in case if you're wondering that a cannibal is not appropriate for kids. For your yeah. child. Yeah. But Fiona McIntosh does it very well too. You know, she's been writing historical um, yeah. local novels for quite some time but now she's just she's got a you know a three book series of crime novels and which have just been picked up by a production oh I think it's Fremantle Productions have just picked that up for TV and then she's got a whole fantasy theory so I really mm-hmm. admire people that can just you know go in and just do all of these different genres, write what they want to write and be successful at it. You know, that would be the dream. But I think creative people, like, you know, we're all creative people here. It doesn't just stop at podcasting or writing, you know. Like for me, I love making my kids cakes. You know, they're not always great, but I love doing it. I love that creativity. (laughs) Yeah, creative expression. Yeah, Yeah. so that creative expression comes out in all different places, not just that one thing. So exactly what you say, I think you can be creative in in, many avenues more than just one, which is pretty cool. 100%. Well, I have had the best time. I think that spending the 400th episode with, you know, four amazing women who are successful and creative and enthusiastic and joyful about books and life and literature and the community that we are immersed in, I just think that 
is an amazing episode to have. So thank you so much for joining me and having your beautiful questions and wearing your crowns and your pajamas and bringing your cheese. It's, <laughs> it's been an been absolute been pleasure, really Danny. Congratulations pleasure. and thank you very much and for fab, having us. Danny. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us, Danny, and thank you to all for your lovely questions and answers. This, yes, this has been like the best lockdown energy vibe of yeah, like, for sure. Yeah, the whole <laughs> pandemic. Thanks, lady. <laughs> so Thanks. post lockdown, lock in, writers retreat. Oh, totally. Gum <laughs> Botox. I didn't want to mention are we, the Botox. Are we actually inviting other people, or are we just going no. with us? <laughs> no, just us. See you later, guys. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Bye. Thank you so much. Thank you, Danny. Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. We'd love to engage with you on social media. You can find the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Danny V Books Words and Nerds podcast. You can also subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Stay safe and read more books.